0: The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right. We're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.
1: Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez.
0: Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 238 of the Level Change Podcast, I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we've got a lot to talk about. I mean, some tiny little thing called the UFC-WWE merger got announced yesterday. Victor, oh my God, are you excited?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not excited. Oh, well, wow. Let me, just, let me just think about what happened. When the UFC got purchased by Endeavor. Yeah, that that was great for the fans and the fighters, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. The, the, the fighters are going to be doing TV shows and movies and shit. They're probably going to get raises. Yeah, that'll happen. Fuck out of here, man. It's just like, no, come on, man.
0: I'll tell you some points that were very, very notable to me. Those are the numbers. They evaluated... UFC at $12.1 billion. That is three times the value of the sale. Now, UFC will only be owned. By Endeavor for 49%. The other 51% is uh, a publicly listed company that will uh, be named soon. Because that's what they did. They joined together and built a new company. The WWE valuation was insane as well. It was like $9.6 billion, I believe. That is immense. $21, po- 21 billion, In excess of $21 billion.
1: And you know what? It was what I what I was speculating about this when I saw those numbers was they could have easily made that valuation somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty seven to twenty nine billion. Why? If they had kept if they had kept Artem Lobov. <laughs> and yet they didn't. <laughs> Cowards that they are.
0: Um, who previously owned the wwe well that was controlled by vince mcmahon and his family for decades and it started with vince mcmahon's father so in 1999 the company became a publicly traded company yeah. Last year, McMahon announced his retirement from the company after a string of extramarital affairs, accusations, alleged hush money, etc. And on his departure, his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, was listed as co-CEO along with Nick Kahn. Now, McMahon returned to the company in January, and Stephanie McMahon not only stepped down from her role, she... Quit entirely," said. "I'm retiring. Last year, it was reported that Saudi Arabia had interest in purchasing the WWE, and for a long time, a, a span of months, leading up until this past week when the rumors started. Because we didn't get rumors until this past week, man. <laughs> yeah, Talk yeah to I,
1: I mean, I no one really so. There there was some speculation and I know you, I, I saw some of the interaction that you had fairly recently, um, regarding the whole like how did Vince McMahon make his way back and mm-hmm. basically he muscled his way in.
0: Right. He held him hostage again. Yeah. Because when he came back, you know, he forced his way back. But he owns the controlling stake of the shares, right? Or
1: something basically, along yeah. That line? From from what I understand, yeah. that's that's um you know, he, he coerced some of the people that were still on the board. He still had a vote, even though he had, you know, technically retired, you Mm -hmm. know, everyone kind of knew that he was going to have some kind of enabling. And interestingly enough, the product improved in his absence because he was no longer controlling uh, the creative. Yeah. And so with the people that were working everything, I mean, people were excited. It was rejuvenated. The product felt better. It was fresher. And then the moment he decides the moment that he, uh, That it's announced that he was back in the company all you heard from the internet was this collective groan of like why why like dude why won't you just go home and stop doing this no he did the complete villain arc you know usually when somebody runs for president and they lose what do they do they grow the loser beard right al gore bill richardson they all grow the loser beard this guy went back he said no i need more evil powers he sacrificed a chicken and juju he grew his mustache he emptied the shoe polish out and dabbed it in his hair and said, aha, now that I look like a villain from a Mexican soap opera, I can return to this whole thing. And, and yeah, as some people have astutely noted on the internet, he does look like the kind of guy in a movie that would tie a woman to railroad tracks. Uh, and no, I mean, you know, this, this pure evil in spite is what's keeping him alive and keeping him even richer than ever. Um, he's back and not the most interesting element was because we had seen rumors of him uh, trying to negotiate a sale for the company. And a lot of folks thought it was posturing. A lot of people thought it was like, well, he's doing that because this way he'd have some way to make his way back into the company. Well, it turns out it's even better. There were other suitors, including, most notably, the Saudi royal family and their uh, their companies. But he wanted to be, he wanted to sell to a company that would keep him in charge. Mm-hmm. He got it. And he's there. And so, again, evil never loses, apparently, in this world. That's... Um, that's that's something, I guess. I don't know.
0: What gets me is that Vince McMahon is being retained as the as the president and you know, the the majority shareholder. He is gonna clock somewhere just under ten million dollars a year as part of his contract. And Here's the part that just sends me over the edge. He's 70 fucking seven. So you've got a 77 year old who has managed to forcefully storm the doors and come back into the company. Then he sells it and manages to finagle his way into this sweet role where he's still running shit will be above Dana and he's 70 fucking seven. Yeah. I mean, he was running the company into the ground for a while, wasn't he?
1: I mean, the product was was not doing great, but they're, they're still – here's the thing. There are companies and there are entities that can't really fail. Like even when they're not doing great, maybe they're not doing great by shareholder standards. Maybe the ratings aren't doing so well. But ratings are down for everything. Like even live sports in general, you know, at the NFL sometimes has weeks where it's not doing as amazing, but they're still crushing everything else that's on TV. Live television content is king, and that is – That is why sports valuations are what they are. That's why ESPN has been buying up sports contracts left and right. And that's why they got into business with the UFC. And now we have this, right? This is still something that is viable. We saw that the partnership with NBC was lucrative to a degree that now they've got what used to be their pay-per-views on Peacock. You know, what used to be the WWE network is now on the NBC platform. Whether or not that changes, I, I don't know. I mean, i I don't know what provisions they have this just happened um there's there's a lot there's a lot that is not going to be known or not made public as of yet for quite some time so um th- but it, it th- I mentioned these things because uh, uh all of this all of this denotes that the real the real money is in live content and these guys are the only ones really delivering it to a specific market and in the form of You know, having having companies that um, that have the largest market share because the UFC never made inroads into India. They barely made inroads in China to to the level that they'd hoped. Right. Mm -hmm. But WWE has, you know, they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like they are the most recognized pro wrestling brand on the planet, just like the UFC is the most recognized MMA brand on the planet. So now you've got a bit of a sharing condition. if you will.
0: I'm going to read some statements here because we do have statements from the, the, the higher ups from the brass. So the first one here I'm going to read is from Ari Emanuel. This is a rare opportunity to create a global live sports and entertainment, pure play, For where the industry is headed. For decades, Vince McMahon and his team have demonstrated an incredible track record of innovation and shareholder value creation, and we are confident that Endeavor can deliver significant additional value for shareholders by bringing UFC and WWE together. Thoughts? I guess <laughs> My
1: man, he's making out like a motherfucker, man. Like, yeah, he's going to say that. Like there, there, there isn't, there is some crossover with MMA and pro wrestling. They are, as I've always said, inextricably linked in their history, but the crossover in terms of the audience is not quite, I mean, it's a little hazy, right? You got pro wrestling fans that want nothing to do with MMA. And then you have MMA fans that look down on pro wrestling as if some, some, somehow it's some inferior um, form of entertainment or whatever, like, you know, you got to let people like what they like, but they are sort of joined at the hip. I don't think that that means there's going to be any sort of crossover in terms of, like, you know, um, having Dustin Poirier calling matches, you know, every week and then getting in the ring. Like, these guys are not going to be I think training so. for pro wrestling and doing both, but they will have, <laughs> you know, like celebrity cameos and stuff like that. They might do commentary, they'll do one offs, they'll bring them in for stuff like that, but. I don't think it's going to change too much.
0: I don't know. I I feel like this is this is I mean, we just watched Dana bring power Slab. Why in the world would you think that he wouldn't fuck with this, too? I
1: mean, you you can you can say that. But whether these things fundamentally change, I mean, it's not going to be these are going to be decisions that will mostly be decided by people way higher up. There is a hierarchy and a structure that is perhaps a bit unconventional for what a simple merger would be because in this case somehow Dana White's not as high as perhaps he would want to be in situations like this now there are more people for him to answer to
0: <laughs> and you got to love it because 77 year old Vince McMahon Dana has to answer to him so well, god damn it pal <laughs> <laughs> per Multiple SEC filings, WWE has reached that agreement with Endeavor, and here's the important part. As part of the agreement, Vince McMahon will serve as executive chair of the board, and Ari Emanuel will serve as CEO. Dana White will retain his role as president of the UFC only, and Nick Khan will have the same president title, but only with WWE. WWE. So, Dana White did release a statement, and it is as follows. This company has been on fire for the last seven years, and now that we will be adding WWE to the portfolio, I'm excited to take this to another level. Vince is a savage in the wrestling space. Ari is a beast at what he does. And then add what we do at UFC, and there is no limit to what this company can accomplish in the next five years.
1: Did he have to sound like a crow magnon when he said, "Oh, beast," and this one's a savage? Do you have? Did your thesaurus burn somewhere? You ain't got nothing else. You got no other way to put this. A little, bit, uh, yeah. And I get it. Look, I understand. He prides himself on, "Oh, I'm not politically correct. I'm, you know, I'm man of the people or whatever." Dude, you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Like, come on you you can you could be a little more professional about this. But fine, I understand. I'm being very particular about it. And yeah, look, of course he's gonna say that. Is his money gonna be affected? Not really. If anything now we're sharing with more people. Now, one thing I did note is that and this gives me some sense of glee, Zufa boxing is probably not going to come back again in any particular mm-hmm. manner. You know? That's right. Zuffa as it was now. You wanna do that with your money, by all means, be my guest. But no, you're not you're not gonna do this with not not with house money. You're not they, they ain't doing that shit. Not like this. Mm-hmm. At least not for quite some time. This this is going to delay. We're going to see uh, more contraction than anything else and then maybe expansion in other ways.
0: We're also going to see tightening of budget because this was probably costly on both sides, right? Or is it not costly? I'm not sure how this works. I don't, I don't know what goes into a corporate merger like this as far as attorneys' fees, apart as far as anything that they agreed to behind the scenes to make this happen, share swapping, whatever. I'm I would just imagine that this wasn't cheap to do.
1: I'd imagine not, but this also depends on the merger too. You know, okay. what manner of merger and mm-hmm. what is to be decided beforehand in mm-hmm. terms of what um what assets are to be offloaded if any yeah um, that's th- yeah what yeah what if they are to be divvied up in any um, particular yeah, and manner and, and as, as a result like... of yeah will it be switching of personnel from one space to one other and like, all these things are yeah, um, yeah massively complicated because this was not an outright purchase
0: and we have to remember too that negotiations were in place for salaries for Vince McMahon because he negotiated his 9.6 million million a year salary And Ari Emanuel probably negotiated his CEO salary of this brand new big, big super company. So I'm looking at things like that, you know, salary negotiations, um, asset swaps, uh, personnel swaps, uh, personnel being redundant, whatever. I must commend them for the level of secrecy they maintain throughout this whole thing. Because rumors didn't drop until two days before WrestleMania. It wasn't until like um, I want to say Thursday when we first started getting the rumblings.
1: Yeah, I I, I kind of tuned a lot of that stuff out because it, it's it, again. I mean, we'd heard this sort of thing before. They're gonna sell. They're gonna sell, and you're like okay. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, they did? Wow. Okay, well, damn. And then to find out that it was Endeavor, it's like, oh, geez. Yeah, that's that's not at all what I was expecting.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, I mean, just a couple of days, whereas when WME IMG bought the UFC, there were rumors for about two or three, maybe even four months out. We got rumors literal days out. So they slapped a top-secret Thing on this and they enforced it because literally nobody knew until this week this past week
1: yeah and the old rumors like the ufc rumors were way more fun too it's like well robert Kraft, he's heading a group and these other guys they're heading a group
0: yeah you know, all we got it, it was
1: interesting yeah For I mean, the longest I remember-
0: time, all we got here was saudi arabia we didn't yeah. have and, any other and- buyers listed and then all of a sudden this week it was endeavors looking at them
1: and there were some people that were saying like NBC maybe, but that was dicey because the Saudis were making a juicier offer, but they didn't know how to – like that was that was interesting, yeah.
0: But it was really small compared to what we got with – when WMEIMG IMG bought the UFC way more – um, rumors were swirling. It got out almost immediately. And then the way that the UFC came and said that is patently untrue, only to have it happen around this time in 2016. There is other news coming from this, the money flowing, and this is why I assume that the thing is expensive, because in addition to Vince McMahon's super salary, and probably Ari Emanuel negotiating himself a a bigger salary, we get this, Triple H will get a $5 million bonus in this deal. And Nick Khan will get a $15 million bonus in this deal simply to stay on in his current role. So I am thinking that on the other side, Dana White may have gotten a significant bonus as well, where I'm not sure, but Nick Khan and Triple H managed to get themselves in one.
1: But, uh, yeah. I mean, Triple H kept things afloat when Vince was out. Mm hmm. And in the eyes of many people, improve the product. Now, whether he's or not a- that was reflected in revenue, mm. I can't say. I don't. I don't remember that because I didn't keep tabs. That he's creative, that right? Yeah,
0: yeah he's yeah, better. He was, he's way better. Wait, wait. You,
1: know, you know what the funny thing is, man? For years, when he was in and as an active wrestler, and he was on top of everything, he was hogging up the spotlight, and people were like, dude, this guy's ruining pro wrestling. Then he gets NXT as his little pet project. And suddenly it was fun again mm-hmm. and it didn't stay that way. But then he gets full control of the product and certain other lesser known or, you know, less. Um, it, it, it made way for some of the other guys to move up and take certain spots. And it was like, yeah, we're getting some some pretty amazing moments and some great performances and things are looking great. And then, ugh, you know, it, it's it was it was pretty messed up, man.
0: We do have one more statement, and this is coming from the man himself, Vince McMahon. This is what he had to say. And it always makes me laugh when people refer to themselves in the third person. I automatically assume they're short. I know Vince McMahon isn't short, but I automatically assume that. So here we go. This is the biggest thing Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon have ever done. Combining forces like this, there's nothing like this. There's never been anything like this. They're going to be talking about us for a long time. Now, when asked about other interests and why WWE went with Endeavor, Vince had this to say. Sure, there were other suitors. But the synergies, everyone was very interested in and I appreciate that, but the synergy that Ari brings, totally different than everyone else. And when they asked him why he decided to sell now, he said, it's the right time. It's the right time to do the right thing. It's been the next evolution of WWE. I could probably do what Ari does right now with the UFC, but it'd take me 10 years. In that time, he'll be 10 years ahead of me. It makes all the sense in the world for all the synergies we have to extract all the value we can out of the marketplace what is this all the synergies we have to extract the value (laughs) what is this who fed him the word synergies because i'd like to slap them in the fucking face because he doesn't know how to use it so mcmahon was reportedly willing to step aside as long as it meant that the sale would be going through to a suitor But Ari said that he wanted McMahon to stay on board. It was his idea. And he said in a quote, I would have body slammed him if he thought he was going to leave. Here's a man who has seen around the corner at every beat over the last 40 years of his businesses and has a vision of this business way before a lot of people see it. Him now being able to utilize what we've built in our flywheel. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I have Vince McMahon, a visionary that sees around the corner. I have Dana White and what we've built. That's pretty unstoppable. And then Vince had this to add. They asked him how hard Ari had to push to keep him on the board. He said, not that much. I love what I do. I love building WWE all my life. It's my passion to have an opportunity to have it grow like this from an exponential standpoint. It can't be better than that.
1: Listen, what I understood from that, what I got out of that was I like keeping the people who make the most money in charge. That's how Dana stayed. That's how Vince is staying. The end. Why mess with a formula that's already working and generating revenue? Maybe the stockholders have a lot more faith in Vince piloting the ship and keeping things afloat. That's why the stock had actually, from what I remember, and if I'm remembering correctly, when it was announced that he was coming back to the company, the stock went up. Yeah. Despite all his baggage, Mm the stock went up. Yeah. So that tells you something about capitalism, too. I mean, this man was credibly accused of rape. Mm -hmm. This man, all of his malfeasance, all of his crimes, the possibility that he had helped cover the murder of Nancy, murder of Nancy Argentino, with the hands of Jimmy Snooker, who was under the employ mm-hmm. of WWE at the time. Yep, this shit goes back. Yeah, we're talking about covering the abuse of ring boys. Do you understand this? This shit, the the skeletons this man has, I I just, and yet he wins. That's the that's the part that really fucking sucks. He wins at almost eighty. He still gets to keep this man. The, god damn it i i I don't even know where to go with this anymore this is this is just like i i I don't i don't even know that people are exactly celebrating this i think everyone's still trying to make out what the hell any of this stuff means because i don't think pro wrestling fans are really jazzed about this this isn't going to really affect their product in any significant manner to me um but hey you know it is what it is just don't get too thrilled about seeing fighters moving on up we we said this before and actually zane had a great point earlier when he said uh You know, WME also owned uh, or Zufa owned uh, PBR, right? Professional Bull Riders Association, where no one was asking for Tom Aspinall to ride a bull or, you know, be in a rodeo. To which I replied, hear me out. Maybe they should, because he would be the funniest guy for that. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see him do it. But the point stands, right? You didn't really see much crossover there. We didn't see the, the fighters get into acting and doing commercials on that scale. And so I don't see why we would expect for that to be that much of a concern here either.
0: Uh, Because you're comparing apples and oranges. Bull riding is not combat sport or combat sport entertainment. Wrestling. We were born from wrestling, for Christ's sakes. There's going to be a lot of crossover, Victor. You are seeing things through rose-colored glasses. There's going to be a ton of Listen,
1: there's only one person they could have had fighting an actual bull. And that man is Artem Lobov. And they let him leave (laughs) for nothing.
0: From an optical standpoint, this murder is problematic in that you've got the head of one company accused credibly of rape with tons of sexual harassment, uh, Mm. accusations against him. Hush money being paid out due to those accusations. And then you've got on the other side, the head of the other organization who was caught on video slapping the fuck out of his wife at the beginning of the year. So from an yeah, optical yeah. standpoint, man, this is ugly. But at the same time, our combined audiences and fan bases are some of the most abysmal on earth. There's no well, two ways around it. However, I will say this, that sports fan bases in general are pretty toxic. So I'm not going to just say that it's only us, but I feel like our level of toxicity and, and stupidity exceeds the levels of other stick and ball sports of of other sports in general we, I shouldn't say other stick and ball sports because we are not a stick and ball sport but other sports specifically the stick and ball sports it just they just don't seem quite as toxic as our community and the wrestling community the pro wrestling no
1: i mean there's overlap with i mean just because you're a fan of pro wrestling doesn't mean you're not a fan of other sports i think that that toxic thing into I think it bleeds over into all sports and there's just mm-hmm. different degrees of visibility, honestly. You know, I mean, we've seen we've seen people getting stabbed outside of baseball game. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like well,
0: Yeah. I mean, I, wasn't there a soccer game where they killed the referee right on the field?
1: I know those motherfuckers go out out, man. Oh I my mean, god. That's it that... what though? With this new merger with, you know, this whole thing being under one umbrella, International Women's Day, those social media posts are gonna be flames. <laughs> mm. Oh my God! They're gonna, we support and, and and encourage all women. Be like. And isn't out.
0: there a, a big kerfuffle right now with one of the Steiner? Um, which Steiner is it that? Oh, the, Rick! Yeah, yeah, Ricky, yeah. And that's having the problem with the the trans wrestler. What the hell? I mean, wow. harassing the wrestler in the back.
1: Yeah, so they were at WrestleCon, a big weekend event. So what happens is, for for those not really familiar with pro wrestling culture um around wrestlemania which is the biggest show of the year there are there become there's there become something of a cottage industry that springs around it right you have concerts and other smaller shows like you might not be going to wrestlemania but since so many people are in town you also might want to go to one of the smaller events right they have new japan setting up shop uh, gcw uh impact and all these other guys so they had a convention for the fans and for you know people to get in there and meet some of their talents and legends and stuff and giselle shaw who works for Impact. Mm. Uh, She is trans, and she is really good, actually. I've seen her in work. She's pretty damn fine.
0: I I checked her out after I saw the article.
1: She's a pretty damn good performer, yeah. And uh, I guess Rick Steiner, legend and and, uh, former tag champ, uh, he got into some sort of thing where he, I guess, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what he said. It was something pretty derogatory, I guess. And she took to social media and aired him out. Here's the thing one okay so you have an old wrestler who's transphobic you might think it's probably yeah that's ugly but it's not that big a deal he serves on a school board in georgia
0: exactly that's 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 where
1: Um, it becomes a problem and here's the other thing uh josie um oh my goodness now i'm forgetting her last name Uh, josie Reisman, uh who was the author of a book called ringmaster which just released coincidentally Mm -hmm. it was a book on the life and times of vince mcmahon Mm -hmm. uh she is trans and she'd stated also from the convention that uh one of the steiners she declined to mention which had said something about like you know uh her something about her appearance and asked if she was wearing a wig she says no that's my real hair you want to pull it and he acted disgusted and walked away mm. i don't think i need to go too far to speculate but that that might have also been rick <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, well, i don't know man I mean, what are the odds of both steiners being there and having this same situation happen i suppose it's possible but are those odds you want to bet on not me
0: (laughs) i just think that this whole thing is gonna be a very bumpy ride for sure
1: yeah shout out to josie too she is super super funny everybody should follow her because i mean my god the insight the insight that she has when she talks about pro wrestling and and the ugliness of a lot of it but also uh, a lot of the stuff that makes it great um you know she's 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 a riot
0: Now, one thing that has sprung forth from this mess, (laughs) Conor McGregor and Paul Heyman were trading shots following the news of UFC and WWE forming their publicly traded company. And I already can feel it. It's already starting. So anyways, after tweeting about the idea of becoming a WWE champion, because yes... Connor tweeted that he got into a verbal altercation with Paul Heyman. (laughs) Careful, grandpa. I'll show up and break your jaw in three places. Oh, we know you have practice at this because we remember when you punched out an older gentleman in your bar because he didn't want to drink your shitty ass whiskey. (laughs) So Heyman says at the, you know, he tweeted at the notorious MMA is a Roman Reigns wannabe. And that was what started this whole thing. So, mm. of course, BJPen.com, uh, they put this article out. The, the, the first question is, is McGregor to, to head over to WWE? And I would not be surprised. That would be massive for the company. Bring your biggest star over for something. That is a smart idea.
1: Yeah, I, I hope he wasn't trying to be serious and insulting Heyman in any way because he's not going to be able to hang with Paul Heyman. Let me tell you something. I know. Paul Heyman is one of the smartest people alive yeah. when it comes to talking shit and being in the professional wrestling atmosphere. And if you are not familiar with Paul Heyman, folks, you really want to take my word for it. That is not hyperbole. That dude is he is very quick on his feet and will turn any opportunity in, any, anything that comes his way into an opportunity that, that can be monetized or made into something that will draw attention to him or something he's working on. And uh, yeah, there's that. So if, if it wasn't that, if, you know, this was again, just sort of McGregor taking the piss and aiming going about it. Hey, fine. I guess it's business. You know, there's uh, that's to be expected.
0: <laughs> to add to this little Connor McGregor nugget or that McNugget, Jeremy Stevens has called out Conor McGregor. (laughs) Jeremy Stevens had this boxing match over the weekend with Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo won by, I believe, majority decision. But Jeremy Stevens was pretty impressed with his own performance. So after the fight, he tweets out to Conor McGregor at the Notorious MMA, your brittle bones ready to throw heat. Name the place in time you can have the steroids because I know you got wobbly legs in the in the late rounds. And what's beautiful about this is that he tagged the photo that he took with Connor's mother a couple of years back. <laughs> and he put that in the photo. <laughs> so, you know, you know that if Connor hasn't already, he is going to reply to this. I don't like
1: that. I, I don't, I don't like the inclusion of like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the photo you go like.
0: You
1: mm-hmm. didn't need to do that, man. I get it, but and, and here's the other wrinkle to that, right? So after that fight, McGregor said, "I'll fight Aldo again." Like, no, you won't. The UFC's not going to lend you out to any other boxing promoter. Not now. Not after all this. And Aldo shut that down quick too. Mm-hmm. But then Stevens jumps in there. Hey, hey, hey! Wait, I want to be part of this conversation, buddy none of you know where you're standing at this point that's not mm-hmm. that's not that's not feasible that's not likely why why are we doing this and then you include the mother like you know it, it's not um i don't think it's going to be the kind of uh i don't think that's the kind of thing that will lead to the result that he wants or you know get the kind of response that he wants you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. I don't even think McGregor's gonna answer it. I think it's gonna be one of those things where, like, the ultimate form of trolling is just keeping his mouth shut. You're like, okay, sure, all right, whatever. Just keep his, just just if that's what makes you happy, if that's what you think is gonna be uh, uh, the effective way to instigate some kind of beef here for an old rivalry that never was.
0: Fine. Yeah. And the other thing he added in here was, me um, <laughs> and who the fuck is that guy should box. Please stop yourself. You are looking he that at He's him? the
1: one who got clown massive exactly. in that moment. I mean, you're we trying to use a callback, but that's not the one. Yeah, you remember that time he told me to shit my pants? Yeah, that's right. Mister shit his pants is here. It doesn't sound too tough. There's a reason for that.
0: I think the most beautiful part about this whole thing is that he's doing this coming off of a loss because he did not win.
1: Yeah, and I mean it was a, it was apparently really tough, and I don't know how close the fight was. I mean I'm I'm not gonna watch it. I'm sorry.
0: Eugene I, said I, it was terrible.
1: Yeah, that whole event sounded like a graveyard of just like
0: yikes Belfort
1: was on the card. Vito Belfort fought and nobody nobody really paid attention. What does that
0: say? <laughs> what where, where do we go from here? I mean, Pettis beat Roy Jones Junior, if that says anything. Yeah, he beat literal grandfather uh-huh. Roy Jones Jr. Yeah. I but mean, that's that's that is the components of a game bred boxing card.
1: Man, people be able to be getting paid right. The whole head cannot be out here complaining about fighter pay and putting on these events and bringing in these old geezers and shit, and then having these spectacle fights and then paying these guys on, like Costco gift cards.
0: All right, we have one more topic to discuss here right quick, and then we'll jump into a smaller bonus topic afterwards. But for now, I want to talk about Darren Till anticipating a move to boxing next. And I quote, I would just run right over Logan Paul and Tommy Fury. <laughs> I'm, go- I'm probably going to end up boxing. That's probably what I'll end up doing next. I've left on good terms with the UFC. It's probably a bit of disrespect to go to another MMA organization when I said to them, I want to do this and that. But at the same time, let's say PFL, which have already approached me, by the way, Bellator came along with an offer I can't reviews, then I have to take it. PFL have already been knocking on the door with a really big offer, so I would be silly to turn it down, but I've said, come back with something more we'll see but there's definitely offers on the table from everywhere there's offers on the table with one stuff like that i'm a free agent i'm free and open to the world show me the money (laughs) i am absolutely flabbergasted that this is where we're at
1: with okay i mean sure
0: what, the response you know, is so worth it.
1: <laughs> what, what, how much... Okay, but... How much does he think companies, organizations are going to really be vying for his services, what I'm curious about. Because I don't understand where exactly... He left the UFC, and, and I'm surprised that he got a clean break, you know? More surprising than, than Chad Mendez somehow, because I thought Mendez was just going to retire straight up. Um... But, of course, as we know, no one stays retired, right? And as, as, that's, of course, what someone way smarter than me says all the time. And um, I, I agree with her. She's correct. Where, where does he think he's going to win? He thinks it one championship – I mean, Eddie Alvarez just bailed. Why does he think that is? How often is DJ fought? They put him on a couple of shows for the U.S. audience, what, twice a year and not even that? And sure, he's probably supplementing his income elsewhere through, you know, the gaming thing and all that. He seems very happy and content. How many other guys are getting that attention? Does he think that's going to work? You can't hear Anissa Mexen, a world-caliber kickboxer, has been complaining about her pay. And he thinks he's going to slide in there. Bellator might maybe pay him. He might fit in well. They've got a burgeoning middleweight division. But how's he going to fit in there? What's that going to look like? I don't know, man. I He'd probably be better off sticking with the boxing thing, frankly. And I don't even know if that's, no. I I, oh God, what do you do when a guy has the kind of decline that he has? Yeah. How do you predict, how do you predict what would be best for someone in his condition? Okay. He suffered from losing to a few wrestlers in some situations. Yeah, I get that. So now he doesn't have to worry about it. But then what? I, it doesn't, it doesn't account for him getting knocked out and getting rocked and, and getting fucked up the way he has. And I just don't know what's best.
0: Okay, when they asked him about a fight with Jake Paul, this is what he had to say. If that fight comes about, I've got my team speaking for me. He's got his team. It's a money fight. The guy, he's a boxer, whatever. I do feel I would just run over him. We'll see. Maybe it will happen at some point in the future. If I'm going to come into boxing, I'm going to be running over these guys, running over them. Mm -hmm. Now, he had this to say about Logan. He seems to do a lot, wrestling, boxing, WWE. He's a showman, making a lot of money. I know he's got that prime drink, and that seems to be doing really well. I'm one of these guys. If I see a guy making money, I'm always happy for them. I'm not a hater. If it makes money, it makes sense. That's my motto. And so they asked him about Tommy Fury and a fight with him. One hundred percent, as I told you, if I'm going to boxing, I'll be running over these guys, Tommy Fury included. We'll see. He made a lot of money fighting Jake Paul. I don't know what he's up to now. He's chilling. I know he just had a baby. We'll see. Let's just see what happens. Show me the money. Repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. I feel like he's got a limited vocabulary and a limited intellect because... Jake Paul would probably beat him. Logan hmm. Paul, I'm not sure about, but I feel like Jake Paul might be able to get that done. Well, he,
1: okay. So the thing with the Paul brothers is they haven't really been fighting real boxes, but Logan has, which is why he's been losing. But Tommy Fury isn't really like actually, I, 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 he's, actually he's is, associated with these guys, yeah. but he's not like he, he hasn't been as dedicated to boxing as he has in, like sure. all the social media shit, right? So he's not, you know, just don't get it twisted with the name recognition and think, well, he's one of the Fury guys. Of course, he's no, he's he's not of the good ones. Well, I I got to
0: say something here in that regard. A lot of people and I had my eyes open to this, too. I was reminded of it And, and I have to often remind myself. And I think I was lost among the glamour of how popular and famous he is that it made me feel like he wasn't all that. But listen, they move boxers in similar fashion. That is how they move them. But they move Tommy right, actually. They certainly did. And while his, his opponents have shitty, shitty records, typically that's movement in the right direction. That's how they do young boxers. They really do. It's how that you start accruing your record a little bit. All of them are like that. But... I can't point at Tommy and say you are terrible right now because he is undefeated right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
1: but then you look at his other options, right? He's talking about fighting Jake, who probably isn't going to really give him a second look because he doesn't seem to have that same level of star power, that same kind of draw. And he just lost to Tommy Fury, so this would be a very notable step back. I don't know what the audience for that would be. Right. Um, He doesn't have the same kind of internet presence that a Tommy Fury has. You know, he doesn't have the same sort of box office attraction from MMA fans that, that some of the other guys he's fought would have. And Logan's making money hand over fist mm-hmm. with the energy drink and the pro wrestling and everything else. Does he want to go back to boxing? Does he need to? Right. Nah, these guys, these guys are multimillionaires many times over at this point. Like they're doing this shit for sport now.
0: Yeah. And Darren Till out there talking like this, like saying like he'll he'll go ahead and sign with PFL and blah, blah, blah. And here the UFC just signed this big merger where he could have maybe made some kind of a crossover deal, and he's out here just cutting off his nose despite his face.
1: I don't know, man. I, I don't I mean, would his fortunes have been that much better if he stayed in the UFC? I mean, PFL might be a better uh, option, but he sure. probably would should have taken that opportunity um, before uh, mm-hmm. this year started. you know I, I mean, how long has he been out? I don't know how far in advance those contracts get signed, but if he had gotten into PFL at their light heavyweight division, because they do not have a middleweight division and he's too big for middle mm-hmm. for a well, he could have easily slotted himself in there and, and been someone to talk about as a, as a potential, you know, damn, the, this guy could make a million dollars, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe he thinks he can multiply that elsewhere and who knows? We'll see.
0: I just think that, him telling organizations come back with a better offer if they're already throwing real money at him considering his record recently i don't know i wouldn't i wouldn't be sending too many people away that's all i'm saying it's
1: it's one thing for ryan bader to you know sign with for, for, for bellator to pursue him mm. it's another thing for are going to pursue darren till Right. And I'm not saying he's a bad fighter. I'm just saying they're different. They're at different states in their career and their upside. Yeah. Not the same. Not the same. This is not the kind of guy. This is not the kind of ex UFC guy that Scott Coker is interested in because in the rugby era, they'll pick up all the decrepit dudes just so they can say, look, our guys can beat their guys. Coker doesn't need to do that.
0: All right. So for those of you that are subscribers, stick around. We will be right back. The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right. We're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.